The World Cup shows that streaming services can deliver a live experience equal to broadcast TV. But Simwave's video score reveals that the Ultra HD wow factor isn't there. Listen on to find out why. This is Colin Dixon with Endscreen Media, and I'm talking with Dr. Abdul Ryman, who's Chief Executive Officer of Simway, which is an IMAX company. Welcome, Abdul, back to the podcast. You were with us before. Thank you, Colin. Great to be here. And I've invited Abdul back because we wanted to talk about the World Cup. Now, I know... Uh, any of you that have been looking at my coverage of the quality of the World Cup, you know I've been partnering with Simwave over the entire tournament. And uh, boy, it has been a great tournament. So that's why I wanted to invite Abdul back so that we could really talk about what the World Cup tells us about the quality of live streaming, particularly in the US and more generally. So uh, just before we get started, um, listen, this was a very successful tournament uh, by the estimates of, of I found online. 1.5 billion people uh, would watch the game on Sunday. We don't have final numbers yet. Hopefully we will very soon. FIFA estimated that more than half the world's population would watch at least some of the tournament. And to put that in perspective, the, uh, the only about 3 billion people, only 3 billion people watched some of the last Summer Olympics in 2021. That's the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, which are, of course, in 2021. So how did things go here in the U.S.? Well, it was pretty busy. I suppose the biggest game so far was the USA versus England. 15.3 million on Fox and Fox Sports. And Telemundo, which was also carried on Peacock, was 4.6 million for a total of about 20 million, which is pretty good for a, for a soccer game. Although I have to say it falls short of the most watched soccer game in the U.S. so far, which is the women's final against Japan in 2015, which was watched watched by 25.4. Uh, and how many of those uh, people watched streaming during the World Cup? Well, you might be fooled because one of the things that Nielsen does is they add in the virtual MVPDs into the regular numbers. So I pull those out. And by my calculation, about 18% of people used a VMV, VMVPD, 10% or so used Fox Sports streaming from that app or Peacock. So that roughly puts it at about 5 million for that game, 5 million of the 17.9 million. So a pretty good group of people were watching this game streamed. Uh, and uh, as as I said, I've been partnering with Simwave on this. And one of the critical tools that I've been using is your Simwave viewer score, uh, uh, viewer score, Abdul. So this is pretty unique, right? So tell us mm -hmm. a little bit about the viewer score and why it's such a great representation of the qu the perceived quality that people we, people actually watch. So, like you said, it measures perceptual quality as. The goal of the score is to replicate the behaviors of the human visual system to come up with the same score that humans would provide when they experience video content. Um, it takes into account resolution, importance of resolution, and how it contributes to, uh, to, to perceived quality. So if 4K, the impact of 4K, for example, resolution versus 1080, it takes into account different types of impairments and anything that can go wrong. And our goal here was to provide 
such intelligence to the streaming industry so they can assess how good they are and they can work on improving their service every step of the way. So in order to do that, we were measuring the best they could deliver. The highest quality any streaming service was uh, capable of delivering. Um, and in other words, we were asking or mandating the streaming services to deliver the top profile to the to to the streaming devices we were using. So it, that that takes out of the equation the last mile and what device you might be using. So an individual might might actually have received a lower quality because of last mile problems or device problems. But this is the best quality that they could have got had they had a very big broadband pipe and an excellent display. That's right. Um, Because we wanted to assess if the streaming industry um, or streaming quality is at the level where it can generally meet the demands, the quality demand of viewers, millions and millions of viewers that you're talking about. Very good. So just to, so the audience knows, um, I actually watched a lot of games, as you know, if you've been reading my blog. And uh, my I'm actually fortunate I have a fiber connection to my home with a 500 megabits symmetrical broadband connection. And I have a really great, very recent Sony TV 65 inch um, HDR 4K TV. So I'm in a pretty good setup here. So pretty good way for me to also judge my qualitative as opposed to quantitative approach. And there's one more thing, of course, about the SimWay viewer score, and that is it's nice and easy to understand, right? Zero to a hundred. That's right, because we want to help um, its users understand the relative improvement in quality as they work on improving the score. So a noticeable difference we uh, recommend is of five points. So if you improve by five points, your viewers, your typical viewers who do not have any background in video processing should be able to readily tell the difference between the previous version and the new version. And you can only achieve that if it's a linear zero to 100 range scale um, instead of something that behaves differently across different ranges. Um, So, yeah. Nice and easy to understand. Okay, so I suppose I should I should give us some sort of drum roll or something. Uh, but uh, why don't we talk about how was the quality of the games that were streamed during uh, du- throughout the tournament? So give us a, a rough idea of how things went. So the the average score, considering uh, different resolutions, because um, resolution is an important part of quality, as people pay for them differently and subscribe to them with quality expectation. For all resolutions, it's uh, the average was uh, around 78, 79 um, was where it landed. A 4K relatively a bit higher than 1080. So the lowest score was 63, which is not good at all because uh, at that point, viewers may be thinking, why are they watching that service and may or may not want to continue watching that service. Uh, we did notice that in case of some services, we um, see some improvement uh, in scores, especially when it came to playoffs, the uh, the the semifinals and final games. But that was uh, a, a minor improvement, and only in case of some. Overall, uh, just to give you a sense of what services we are monitoring, we were monitoring. Um, 
YouTube TV, we were monitoring Peacock, we were monitoring DirecTV, we were monitoring TSN um, in Canada and uh, some other services as well that were part of the mix there. Um, the, the, the highest score that we had was 88 for one game for one of these services. And the lowest, like I said, was 63. So there's a huge difference in the quality of different games and different streaming services. So that's about 25 points. And as we established previously, uh, that a five-point difference is visible. That's five times the, the noticeable difference, which is, which is tremendous uh, at the end in terms of radiation. So I just want to say, if you want to come, if you're listening to this podcast and you picked it up from your podcast manager, you should come to the Endscreen Media website and look at this posting because I will be posting pictures that SimWave has very generously provided to me so that you can actually see some examples of what 63 looks like, what 85 looks like, and I'll post them at full resolution so that you can really take a good look. A couple of things about this quality measure. It wasn't static during uh, any individual game, right? It varied a lot during the game. Can you talk about where those variations come from? Yeah, for sure. So when you watch content, and especially sports content, the amount of activity in the content changes, which changes the behavior of the delivery systems uh, because they're trying to adapt, but sometimes not, not able to. So as, the, as there's more activity in the content, for example, there's more motion, there's a faster scene, um, there's more detail, especially, for example, the net of the goal has a lot of detail. You do see then it, the delivery chain struggles to maintain that quality, and you often see dips. And these dips are way lower than the numbers that we talked about, even getting to 20s and 30s. And at that point, it becomes even difficult to recognize faces and balls, uh, bo- soccer ball in the field, so there was quite a bit of that we observed with almost every streaming service where the, we observed that the quality would not be would not stay the same and especially when goals were scored that was obviously a very important um part of the game and streaming uh, experience for for people who were experiencing or watching that content and that's when the content beca- became quite complicated because you have to cut through different scenes and you need to right. show and there's you need to show the crowd reaction and there's a lot of activity at that point and we uh, often saw more often than not actually every time there was a goal scored uh, quality dipped significantly or hugely and that is not good because yeah that those are the moments that actually really form the overall opinion of the uh, of the viewers very distracting very distracting indeed and um i'll actually there's one thing that you you published there was one one time when messi scored a goal and you showed me the dip so i'll make sure i publish that um because it shows the dip very clearly in two different services um so quality varying over time what was latency like yeah so latency to my surprise um, varied quite a bit as well. I was hoping that the that the streaming industry is at that level where the variation in latency is in single digit seconds, because of new technologies that have been made available to the streaming industry in the form of low latency HLS or low latency Dash. 
but to my surprise, like you said, the 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 difference is the the latency was upwards of thirty seconds difference between two diff uh, the the, yeah. the service that was bringing the closest to real time and the service that was most behind. The difference between them was about. Uh, that we noted 35, 36, 37 seconds, depending on what what game we were we were um, monitoring, and other services. It's not like was that one service was 30, 35 seconds behind, and everything else was very close to the service that was as, that was close to real time. Actually, there was a good range uh, of of latency, so we noticed. Um, some services ten seconds behind of the of the of the lowest latency service, others fifteen, some twenty five. So we saw a good spread of latency, which meant that the industry is still struggling with delivering streaming services with low latency, which is a little bit surprising, like I said. Yeah, that was that was my experience as well. I measured uh, three or four services, and and on average, I think the difference was about thirty seconds between over-the-air broadcasts and the streaming broadcasts. A couple of them were sure a little bit shorter, but it was mostly in that region. And you know, I, I have to say that I watched as I, I watched a variety of services, and I was constantly comparing them to broadcast quality, uh, Abdul, and I. I I often forgot which was the broadcast and which 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 I was watching. So generally, it seemed to me like the streamers did a pretty good job. Would that would that be your assessment? Yeah, I think especially when you are measuring the quality of the best the best possible quality, streaming streaming side uh, of video has improved over time to get to the point where it can really compete in terms of quality compared to broadcast. Broadcast is relatively speaking, way more stable compared to streaming because of the way it's positioned. But when it comes to comparing the best possible quality, streaming is at par with broadcast now. I, I think so. I, one of the things I noticed was particularly what, what one of the problems that encoders have is with uh, very um, intense colors. And so a lot of the jerseys, for example, the Netherlands, they play in an orange jersey. I saw a lot of blooming, but I saw that blooming around the jersey. I saw that in the broadcast stream as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I, I think it was pretty much at a, uh, they were both about the same. There was one, actually, I was expecting at least some buffering or some freezing, and I didn't get any. However, the broadcast, when I was watching one of the broadcasts over the air, it did disappear for five seconds and then came back. So in some respects, it was a little bit better. But there is one area that I think we do need to do better, and that's in the area of 4K. Now, Fox Sports was delivering a 4K stream with high dynamic range through the, through the Fox Sports app, and I did use that app. So just compare the scores that you saw for Fox Sports, uh, the 4K coverage there, YouTube TV, the coverage there, and the, and the sort of average HD service. So when it comes to 4K, you have more pixels to deliver. You have four times more pixels to deliver. If you can deliver those pixels really well, then a viewer should experience much better quality or perceive much better quality. But you, if you have four times more pixels to deliver and you are not able to deliver those additional pixels at, a, at the quality, equivalent quality to other pixels, 
which you were previously delivering, let's say EHT, then the overall experience may not be much, may not be better. Um, it's like a bigger car may not be a better car. A bigger house may not be a better house just because it's bigger. It's it's the it's the traditional quality versus quantity dynamic that yeah. you're looking at. So more quantity does not necessarily mean higher quality. It can, if it's done at the same with the same attention to detail as 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 less quantity. So when it comes to 4K, because the industry is still learning, uh, based on my understanding and number of conversations and experience working with our customers, the industry is still learning how to deliver 4K and especially how to deliver 4K HDR. Um, and there are a number of challenges that they are facing, including whether they can deliver 4K and 4K HDR at scale at the bit rates that it really um, it demands or requires. Um, and yeah. all the tools that are needed to do that. So what our observation was that 4K services were within five points, both uh, objectively, I'll share the scores, and subjectively as well, within five points of HD or the best performing HD service. So they were able to go a bit higher than the best performing HD service, which is good news, but not to the level that you expect a 4K service to perform because they should be head and shoulders above um, HD service just because they have four times more pixels than than HD services. So that was the observation when comparing Peacock with, with Fox Sports Service as well, um, is Peacock was doing a really good job with HD and the 4K services, both YouTube and Fox, were not able to perform head and shoulders above Peacock service that, that we monitored. But then when you look at HD services like YouTube TV's HD uh, version or TSN um, in Canada, they were able to, they were performing at a much lower level than Peacock when it comes to quality. There was much more variation. The, the stable state quali quality like general typical soccer scene where you have grass, there's loss, loss of detail in grass. You cannot see the details in grass that you're able to see in some of the other services. So the steady state performance was worse. And when the dips came, the dips were much deeper uh, for yeah. the reasons that we talked about as well. But yeah. I really hope that 4K and 4K HDR services can get better fast because that would be a, an amazing experience for, for sports viewers to enjoy. I agree. I agree. And in fact, uh, on Sunday during Sunday's game, I asked my the people that were watching with me, my family, if they could tell the difference between Fox Sports, the Fox Sports app, which was ostensibly in 4K, and we watched a lot with YouTube TV and compared with an over-the-air antenna of the local Fox affiliate, and they couldn't really tell the difference, and uh, neither could I. So I think I was very disappointed. I was really looking forward to getting the wow factor because I've seen some absolutely fabulous 4K content. Okay. Uh, I was really looking forward to getting that wow factor, and I didn't get it, which was uh, kind of disappointing. And um, just a quick note, the services I looked at, I looked at YouTube TV, I looked at Fox Sports and Over the Air, and I also looked at Peacock and Sling TV, which Sling TV you didn't measure. Mm, no. And I'm really sad to say Sling TV, which is one of my favorite services, really didn't do a good job. I found the, the, the image to be very poor, um, noticeably poor. Uh, and the the other thing that was interesting was that Fox Sports, when I first watched the app, the image seemed fairly jerky at the beginning of the tournament. 
but that vanished and they started the quality did pick up much much more on that service later so that's just a sort of a that they definitely did improve over time at least some of the services did over prime uh, over time um real, real quick so we talked about where some of the problems occur where where are some of the some of the providers going wrong what's why why does the quality differ so much on say a service like sling tv and a service like fox sports fox sports or youtube tv yeah so um there there could be a number of reasons but i'll talk about a few couple of let's say common ones um the, all that happens behind closed doors, so to speak, to bring these services to viewers is very complicated. It's extremely complicated. There are tens of stages and 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 hundreds and thousands of decisions that are that need to be made to get that service to people's screens uh, at scale. Um, and the, those involve handoff points. So the handoff points are, let's say the acquisition of the stream uh, locally in, 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 in Qatar, for example, and how that gets delivered to someone like a Peacock uh, or, or Fox and how they acquire. And for them, that handoff um, could, be, could be an issue because if you're getting low quality because of whatever processing of content that's happening upstream or um, uh, delivery of content is happening upstream, that would carry through from there onwards. So we typically like to call that situation garbage in, garbage out. Um, yeah. And those are hard to handle. And then when the acquisition happens, after that, um, for format conversions, because you don't know if what format that source is coming in. And you need to modify the, 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 the pixels to fit your delivery chain. So, for example, the source is coming in interlace format and needs to be converted in progressive in a different frame rate, in a, in a different um, dynamic range. So all those conversions are tricky and sometimes do not perform as well from one scene to another, from one content to another, um, and, and, and that requires uh, attention. Then when it comes to encoding, um, encoding is compressing anywhere from 100, 100 times or more sometimes. The, the amount of data. Um, and, and to do that, encoders need to do a bang-on job when it comes to sports. And, and that's one of the most challenging scenarios for, for encoders, and they, they are often not able to do a great job there. So the, and, and the bit, bits are limited. That's another challenge when it comes to delivery, and especially when things start to scale. So those aspects need to be looked at. And then when it comes to playback, what player is running on what device, that compatibility, like you said, it went blank on you for a few seconds. That could potentially be because either it cannot fetch that segment of video from the content delivery network or the player was just not happy uh, with the device it was running on because it was not given enough resources. So there are a number of these moving parts there. And what we recommend people to do is to measure every step of the way so they can at see. each stage yeah. so yeah. And, and they can start it doesn't have to be hundreds or tens of points it could just be three to five points so they can identify and localize issues because if you otherwise you may be trying to find needle in a haystack yeah and that's 
not ideal, especially when you're delivering sports content. In summary, it seems like things went pretty well with the World Cup from your testing and from my testing, right? Yeah, no, no big uh, hiccups, uh, no outrages, uh, people complaining. Obviously, things can happen always in pockets, but no outrages. The, the, the key question is when you watch your most favorite sport and you leave everything else, like we have heard stories of a lot of Argentinians and other folks from other nations flying there, spending their life's earning um, to go and experience <laughs> yes. that. And, yeah. and I imagine there are thousands of stories like that where when people took days off from their work or their their spouses were not happy because they're watching games, the, the, the game that they wanted to experience. And if they're not getting the best experience that they could, that the technologies enable um, often in and, and they're disappointed in many cases, that's not what uh, we want. We want right. those guys to feel like the streaming is providing services, providing an immersive experience, like they are in that arena or stadium and delivering the best possible quality for them uh, because they're passionate about this sport. The world is passionate and there's lots improved there. For me, quality as good as broadcast, well, that's, that's the gold standard. That's what we've been shooting at. I think we're there. And in some cases, we're a little bit beyond it. Um, and maybe that 4K delivery needs a little bit of work to make it really sparkle, really shine, so people can be wowed by it and uh, feel justified in spending a little bit more for a 4K stream over a regular HD, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation as always, Abdul. And I note that Fox is carrying the Super Bowl this year. So uh, why, don't, why don't we monitor that for our audience as well? And we'll, maybe we'll give them a report uh, after the Super Bowl about how that went. Yeah, no, that sounds exciting. Um, and that's a very well-washed event, to say the least. <laughs> You bet. And that, that should actually attract a much bigger audience, streaming audience here in the US. In fact, I'm expecting it to probably deliver about 20 to 25 million streams this year or um, an audience, excuse me, an audience of about 20 to 25 million, uh, maybe more. Uh, looking at Nielsen's numbers, uh, streaming is becoming very, very commonplace now in the US. But this has been fascinating. Thank you so much for spending time with us, Abdul. And we'll speak to you again soon. It's always a pleasure, Colin. Look forward to your next one. Thank you very much. And thank you all for listening. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. And I'll see you again in 2023. This podcast is the property of Endscreen Media. All rights reserved.